You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I feel like who art Ed? Try to spice it. Who art is Mr. Wood art Ed me? <laughs> yeah. Either way, it, 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 it works on so many levels. I know. That's off to a great start. Welcome to Who Arted Weekly Art History for All Ages. I'm your host, Kyle Wood, and today we're going to be looking at actually some of the classical roots of sculpture and Western art. Around 450 BCE, as Polycletus walked the dusty streets of Argos, art and philosophy intertwined. The Greeks of the classical era produced works that artists and scholars still reference today. Polycletus, however, sought more than just admiration. He pursued perfection. It was an obsession that would echo through the ages. Unfortunately, all that's left of Polycletus and his life's work are echoes. The Roman marble copies of his sculptures remain long after Polycletus' original bronze works were melted down. Polycletus was trained by Agalada, famous for sculpting Greek gods and the Olympians. Agalada trained several artists, including multiple who would emerge as influential classical sculptors. Polycletus was the standout among those greats. Determined to refine his craft, Polycletus made a pilgrimage to the sacred city of Olympia. As he walked through the ruins of the Temple of Zeus, where Phidias had once sculpted the colossal gold and ivory statue of the god, inspiration struck. The human body, Polycletus believed, could be perfected through precise mathematical proportions— a divine code underlying the harmony of nature. During the classical era, Greek sculptors had sought to recreate the beauty that surrounded them in naturalistic depictions of people, animals, and other subjects they admired. Polycletus, however, was not interested in simply mimicking forms that appeared beautiful. He sought to understand the nature of beauty itself. Setting up his studio in Argos, Polycletus immersed himself in the study of the mathematical principles that would become known as his canon. He believed that just as pleasing musical harmonies could be achieved through notes of proper intervals, a visually pleasing work would result from careful study of proportions. He looked at each part in relation to other parts, as well as parts to the whole. Polycletus believed there was a mathematical formula for a beautiful figure, just as people today might use a compositional guideline like the rule of thirds. Just as a side note, for anyone unaware of the rule of thirds, you can instantly up your photography game by imagining a tic-tac-toe grid on your image and placing important elements along that grid. So the horizon line might be one-third of the way up from the bottom. A person's face might be at a spot where the grid lines intersect. Rather than centering everything, the asymmetrical balance makes the composition a little more active and dynamic. 
And now for a smooth segue back to Polycletus, he used a bit of asymmetry in his compositions as he put figures in the contrapposto stance. Now, contrapposto was one of the key ideas in classical sculpture. Contrapposto means counterpose. The figure will demonstrate oppositions. One leg is engaged and bearing the weight of the figure, while the other one is relaxed. It gives the work a more natural stance, making the figure appear to be mid-stride, and that sense of motion breathes life into the sculpted form. Polycletus crafted a series of statues embodying his newfound philosophy, but it was the culmination of his efforts, the Doriphoros, or spear-bearer, that would cement his legacy. The Doriphoros was not just any old sculpture. Standing in that classic contrapostal stance, the athletic figure held a spear. Polycletus's knowledge of anatomy was on full display as every rib, every muscle was clearly articulated in this figure that represents youthful strength and grace. Every bit of it adhered to the harmonious proportions dictated by Polycletus's canon. Polycletus was known as the sculptor of men. He particularly focused on athletes with idealized proportions. In the 2nd century CE, the writer Galen said, Doriphoros was the perfect example of the Greeks' search for harmony and beauty. Unfortunately, the original is no longer with us, as Polycletus, like many Greek sculptors of the classical era, worked in bronze, so many of those statues would eventually be melted down to make weapons as wars rolled around. The records we do have today come from descriptions of the works and Roman copies. The Romans loved the Greek statues, and many wealthy Romans would show off their sophistication by commissioning marble copies of classical Greek statues. Fortunately for history, the marbles could not be melted down, so they provide us with a glimpse into that past. The original may have been lost to history, but those finely chiseled marbles have ensured that the canon of Polycletus would echo throughout the ages, inspiring Western artists for millennia. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted, part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. If you found this tolerable, please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week on social media at Who Arted Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and of course on the website whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.